0: Good morning church. He is risen. He's risen indeed. And though Easter was last week, we still are living in light of the resurrected one, Jesus who overcame death and the grave and resurrected and sits at the right hand of the Father. And um last week was such an amazing time to be with so many of you all in person and you that came in On this live stream and just really believe that the name of Jesus was lifted up in our city and we're praying um, for the fruit of that as we enter this spring season and summer season and we're we are praying and searching for for venue options as our city opens up so we just pray that you would pray alongside us discern alongside us as we look into the the next steps of our church as we move Um, more into meeting more regularly and in person. And so um, this series, I want to take a dive into what it means to be a priest. And I know for many of us when we hear that word, we get a picture in our mind and we have either a positive or a negative um, reaction to that word or that picture. And there's been many examples in our modern world that has shaped so much of our imagination of what a priestess, from from movies to to news headlines is kind of informs us and gives us a picture of of what a, a priest is and we want to spend this time and look at the scriptures and what god has said and he has put um so much imagery and um descriptive language um of to give the people a vision of that he desires a, a kingdom, a world, a global people of God to be priest unto himself. Um, throughout scripture, we see that man and woman, humanity, we were, we were made for worship, um, that that God has created spaces and time um, that human beings and God can meet. And um, we see this as early as as the book of Genesis, and it says that the spirit of God hovered over the earth, and um, we w- this intersection of where heaven meets earth is what we call like a, a temple. It's what happens in the temple. It's why the temple exists for heaven and earth to intersect for God to meet with humans and for humans to meet with God and you see languages of temple and tabernacle and these words are are interchangeable and temple speaks more to a fixed structure where God meets with with us with humans and then there's a tabernacle is more of a portable temple with curtains and cloth, and it's like a tent that's set up and can be torn down and moved along with the people of God, and both are meeting places. They're places where God meets with us, and uh, we see in Genesis that there was a, a place that God put humans. It's called Eden, and in Eden was a place of, of a, called the garden of Of Eden. And in the Garden of Eden, it says that God would meet with Adam and Eve. And so this is kind of the picture of our first temple, our first meeting place. And it says that Adam and Eve's part of their task was to tend to the garden. And what's the point here? The point is that priests also tended to their temples, they tended to the places where God would meet with us. And so um, what we see is that Adam and Eve would move from Eden into this garden space and to meet with God. And so there was this mutual engagement. It says that they would walk together. Um, This garden tells us that Adam and Eve had access to God. That they had access to God, that was that nothing in it got in the way of them being able to enter that garden, and they lived their lives from having this place of communion and walking relationship with God in their day-to-day lives, and so they would they would venture into into this garden and that they, they were drawing nearer to god when they went into the garden that they were drawing nearer to god they were drawing nearer to his presence because that's where he was at and that is the vision that the people of god have been trying to recapture for thousands of years that's the hope and the longing that we get back to a place where heaven meets earth and back to a place where we are meeting in God's space and in his garden. And this vision, this longing, we see it like weaved all throughout the scriptures and the calling of the prophets and the priests and the people of God to get back to that place. And the New Testament writers continue that same longing and will be, you know, here in Peter, First Peter, chapter two, for the next few weeks, and what Peter is is saying to this young church, he's reminding them of their primary calling. And see, this this church right now is experiencing the the pressures of of persecution. This letter is written to a scattered church and spread throughout to the empire. And Peter, his call to them is a call to holiness. One commentator says this, God has always called his people to be holy. Their way of life is to reflect his holiness. And see, this call to holiness, we hear the word holiness and we already have all these presumptions and pictures of what that means. And when when Peter and the scriptures talk about holiness is not talking about being pompous or pious or holier than thou or better than you. It's its really at the heart, it's saying yes to what God says yes to and no to what God says no to. It's about being with God. It's a heading in his direction, leaving behind the things that keep us from his presence keep us from being like him being keeping us from being with him this is peter's call to this young church he's saying move on from your previous pursuits move on from the things that previously alienated you and held you back from god and desire him like like a child desires milk desire him desire real Deep spiritual meat, and he go and this is he says right before our passage in verse three. He says, especially since you've tasted and seen that God is good. You've tasted and seen He's good, and so direct in the arc of your desires towards Him. So it says here in verse four, and this is our verse that we're going to camp on today. It says this: as you come to Him, the living stone. Rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to Him. I want you to pay attention to that first phrase as you come to Him, and that and that phrase means to to draw near continually. See, this is this is priesthood language. It's saying that it's talking about practicing holiness. It's, it's saying the, the priests, their, their job was to be at the intersection of heaven and earth. And that was a daily intersection that they were crossing. This, Peter is calling his church to, to continually draw near to God. This is a repeated um, primary direction that the people of God need to, to live in that cadence. Like, they need to be headed in that movement because the priests, their job every day is to head into the temple and connect with God, to be near to God, because the people long for God. To go and draw near to God is to be truly known with nothing hidden, because we were made for deep connection. That's what was lost in the garden. Because of sin, because of our decision to, 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 to use our own wisdom and to be right in our own minds. And we disobeyed God and we were barred from the garden and we lost our connection to God. We lost our connection to one another. And everything within humanity is longing to regain that connection, is longing to regain Meaning. Why? Because it's written in our DNA. We have the wiring of a priest. See, we are wired not to be satisfied with being on the outer courts, but to long to be in the holy place see the the construction uh, and the architecture of the temple and the grounds are are just a picture of what it was between Eden and the, and the garden and what it means to be a follower of Jesus to draw near to him to where he's at is that's where we find our lives and see this is How this temple area was constructed, that there was an outer courts and there was an outer wall with the outside walls, the outside world. And this within the courts was was a tent of meetings. It was called the holy place and and within the holy place behind another curtain was the most holy place and that's where a priest if all the circumstances and the conditions were right could meet with God once a year and st- on the behalf of the whole community where the others would stand around and allow this priest to go on their behalf and so the book of Hebrews says that Jesus is a, he is our great high priest he is gone to the holy place. He, and he has offered himself as a sacrifice of sacrifice. And has made it possible for us to have access to God's presence. In Hebrews 4.16 it says this. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Now, we have we have we have we have confidence that we can approach his throne of grace with confidence. There was the, the power of God and his presence was so powerful as we read through the scriptures that, that, that there was times where people died in his presence, that they were floored in his presence, that, that they weren't even that certain people weren't even allowed in his presence. And Jesus says, now because of what he's done, that we have confidence. To enter his presence, that means that Jesus has truly paid it all and that now we can operate like priests and enter into God's presence. Like not just once a year, not just when we have it all together, but we are invited to make our home in his presence. That's what Peter is saying to this to this church. This is what Peter is saying to to us is as you come to him, he's, he's implying that it's an ex that it's expected that we continually come to him, that we continually draw near to him. Coming to him is the, is the connotation that that we are to approach God as like a priest, that we are approaching God as as a worshiper. And at which at one point had limitations, but now because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, everything is possible. See, when Jesus died on the cross, oftentimes we miss this this, this detail that the story of, of the Gospel of Matthew tells us is that that when he died, not only did the earth shake the temple foundation, but it ripped. The curtain it says it ripped the veil from top to bottom that it wasn't temporarily pulled back, but that it's ripped, and that that rip that tear means that there's no longer anything separating us from God there's no longer anything that has power over us from coming to God, that the price of sin has been paid for. And we now have access, because of Jesus, to enter into God's presence. That we are invited back into the garden to meet with God again. I wonder how, how many of us, we, we walk Past and neglect the beautiful opportunities of God's open throne that He's inviting us into. I wonder because of our schedules and our cares and our and our worries and our fears and maybe even some upside-down priorities that we're just that we're missing the opportunity of God saying, Come and meet with me see this is this is not something that was meant to be outsourced. our primary calling as or to be a people who are defined and marked by being in God's presence that this priestly calling is a holy calling and holy again it means that we are we are separating ourselves for god's purpose and for god's use and if you have placed your faith in jesus we are not just called to cultivate our our work in the world we are called to cultivate a vibrant mutually engaged walk with the lord god wants to walk with you god wants you to experience his Presence, he says. This, Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, "Come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest." Jesus wants to be the source of our life. He wants us to come to him for our deepest needs and longing. See, the, this temple, this tabernacle that we talk about, was at the center of the Jewish community, their lives. Were, were built and surrounded literally geographically around the presence of God. It was in the center of their camp. Their lives were shaped by their worship. See, this is not just about showing up to church or synagogue. This was saying like the, the, the temple life is shaping every area and day of our lives because Jesus is life because Jesus makes us alive. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5, Paul says this, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Listen, the the, the sin in our lives separates us from God it's it's a death and when we didn't know God we were dead in our sins and it says because Jesus Christ paid it all like that that separation from God is no longer there the the open Door to his presence is available for his acceptance, for his approval, for his love, for his kindness, for his closeness. It's all been made available like you're no longer dead and cut off. You have been restored and connected to the wellspring of life, to the vine and the branch are now connected. So fruit and abundance is possible through encountering God, because you have access to Him. See, up until this point in this letter, Jesus, um, Paul uses this word "living" three times in in this in these first two chapters. He says that that Jesus is a living hope in verse three, and he says that He is the living Word in verse twenty three. And then here in chapter 2, verse 4, he says that he is a living stone. And this word stone and rock, they're interchangeable. And you see hundreds of references to them throughout the scripture that refer to God as a stone or rock. One commentator says this, he says, In the Old Testament, God's stability, strength, and perseverance are often described by using the analogy of a rock as a title. See for for a scattered church under the heat of persecution, Peter is saying you have a living stone that you have something that's stable, that's strong, that's trust that's trustworthy that you can lean into, that you can run into, that in the time of crisis when you are feeling the trials of the world press in on your soul, that you have a sure foundation. The psalmist says in Psalm 18 verse 2 says this the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my strong hold. He's a living rock. Jesus is a safe place where you can find refuge and recover your soul see this what it says about a priest is a priest literally means one who performs verbal action like use someone who uses their words and there was the people of god just moved from Israel and they're in the desert and they're thirsty and God tells Moses to speak to the rock and if he speaks to the rock that the people will be satisfied with water. Paul talks about this in first Corinthians 10 4 he says and drank from that same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them and that rock was Christ. Listen. We have an opportunity to use our words to come to Jesus and to speak to Him because He can satisfy our needs. He is a safe place. He is alive and living, and He can bring the a wellspring of life to our souls. See, the priest doesn't just come into the God's presence for others. Oftentimes, the priest needed God's presence for himself and so i'm asking you what do you need from god today what do you need to say to him what are the, th- the ways and the things that you've been avoiding seeking his presence being before him he has the power to save because he is alive he's a living stone and as we come to him the living stone he makes us alive revelation 118 jesus says this i am the living one i was dead and now look i am alive forever and ever and i hold the keys to death and hades see we Don't worship a dead God. This is why the resurrection is so powerful. It wasn't a one-day event. It's the reality into which God is calling us to live into. It's not an empty, dusty temple that God is alive and He's active inside us, inside His church. And He's alive and He's saying that if we abide in Him, that He will abide in us and that He will make us fruitful. Hebrews 10, says this, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us draw near to God. This whole chapter, this whole book is priestly language that we our priests. Let us draw near to God and we are purified. Our hearts are changed and transformed by the work of Jesus and we don't have the guilty conscience that's holding us back from drawing near to Him. Oftentimes we don't draw near to God because we don't think we're worthy to be near Him. We're bringing our past. We're bringing the shame that's been embedded and washed over us in Jesus and Jesus saying, I've washed you of that do not let lies keep you from experiencing what i have for you you are accepted in the beloved because god so loved and god is longing to set a table before us. Oftentimes the priests, they had offerings in which they would share it with God, where they would eat it. The person who brought the offering would bring it and God would consume some of it. And that this is a picture that God's presence wants to be with us. He wants to commune with us. It's not a posture of guilt or compulsion. He wants our souls to experience his life that we so desperately need and Peter is saying here, he's worthy of our worship because God has deemed Jesus worthy. He's accepted by God. He's chosen by God. He is a precious stone of great value that's worthy of building your lives upon. Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen says this, So this is what the sovereign Lord says, See, I lay a stone in Zion a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. And the one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. We will never be overcome with panic because the Lord is a strong tower. He's a safe place and he's calling us to the priestly call to run, to be with him john said in john 1 that the word became flesh that jesus is the word and he became flesh and that he tabernacled among us he made a tent among us and i believe from the scripture that jesus wants to create meeting spaces with us he wants to place create places of connection where heaven and earth meet this is what do you pray, God, that let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And he wants to do that with you. He wants to do that with us. That's the longing of God. He's not a far distant God. He's the God who says, approach the throne of grace. Draw near to him and he will draw near to you. Church, I long for us to be a people who draw near to him. Where We have meeting places that are scattered all over this city where we are meeting with the presence of God, where we are restoring what's been broken because of what Jesus has done for us and that we have access to God. And as we go out into the world, people can see because of our love and kindness and our our calm peaceful presence that we have been with jesus amen amen that's my prayer for us let me let me pray as we end our time jesus you are the way and the truth and the life we think that you give us access to the father and i think that you said that you stand at the door and knock and if we open, that you will sit and dine with us, Father. And that in the new heavens and new earth, that we will dine with you. So, Father, I pray that we would get a foretaste of that right now, Father. And, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would continue to draw us to the heart of the Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Church, have a blessed week. And um, I just want you to know that you know that we pray. You every week, and um, we long to see everyone connected and known within this church community. And so, if you have needs, please reach out. Let us know. We want to serve one another um, and and be the hands and feet to Jesus to our city. So let me say this benediction over us as we, as we go. God the sender sends us. God the sent comes with us. God, the strengthener, empowers us to go. And to Jesus Christ, who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed week.